0: Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. From the beginning, God put man on earth and he had dominion over it. That dominion is the Kingdom of God. It passed from generation to generation, but man was not without sin. And when he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he began to separate himself from God. He actually became ashamed to even look upon God and hid himself from God and could not stay in the presence of God. And therefore, by fleeing the presence of God, he fled the garden and lost some of that dominion, some of that control. He continued to sin and, and actually uh, Cain bludgeoned his brother Uh, oppressed him, and that put him farther away from God. Every time we take a step farther away from God, we get farther from the garden, farther from his dominion, and go under the dominion of others. We have entered a dog-eat-dog world where men devour one another. And they do it through a number of ways. And one of the first ways is through the sophistry of language changing the meaning of words, seducing men to do that which is contrary to the ways of God and takes him farther and farther away from God and that dominion that God has bestowed us all with to dress it and keep it. There was a brother here that uh, was relating some... uh, mail exchanges that he had been making with someone who is a relative in his family and discussing the matters of the kingdom. And uh, the individual quoted him from uh, Isaiah 8.11. And I don't know what uh, particular version he was using when he was quoting, uh, possibly the New International Version. And it read, The Lord spoke... To me with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people there's a great deal of warnings in the Bible, and God is always trying to warn us and the ministers of God should also be warning us and carrying that warning of God that they are hearing and receiving as ministers of God with his laws and his ways written upon their hearts and minds to the people to help them understand that which they have not yet become able to understand remember at Sinai when the lord spoke some didn't hear anything some heard thunder some heard the voice of god and understood what he had the message was those that hear should help those who cannot hear as clear That is ministry, one to each other. And we have altars of clay and altars of stone. These are simply metaphors for the people of the kingdom who are spreading the word, the way, the spirit of God in their speech, in their actions, in their deeds. But in that translation, it goes on to say, Do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, and do not dread it. It goes on to say, Many of them will stumble. They will fall and be broken, and they will be snared and captured. Now, the word conspiracy there, <coughs> the word conspiracy Uh, Is not always translated conspiracy. If we read in the King James Version, for the Lord spake unto those, uh, spake thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Say ye not, a confederacy. To all them to whom this people shall say, A confederacy, neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And ye shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense, to both the houses of Israel, For a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and many among them shall stumble and shall be broken and be snared and be taken. Now we need to try to understand why do they have conspiracy in one translation and the word confederacy in another translation? Translators are not divinely inspired. Translators are just that. They're just men who are translating. The original authors were inspired. They had this communion with God. He was writing His message upon their hearts and upon their minds. And they took a finite language and wrote down that message. You need to be inspired by God when you read that Bible. That's why... So many people read the Bible and come to different conclusions. It's because everybody is not inspired by God. Everybody is not listening to God. Everybody has not turned around and repented and sought to go back to God. Many people are still hiding from God, turning away, not admitting their error. And therefore, they are still far from God. Now, they may profess God with their lips, but they will probably not be doers of the word which is why Christ emphasized being doers more than he emphasized simply being hearers or repeaters of the word. So, what does that word really mean that they translate into confederacy in one translation and conspiracy in another? It's quashar, which is defined to bind, tie, bind together... League together and conspire. Now in the Old Testament we see the word league in the King James Bible, but it's actually the same word as covenant. Covenant. They bind when you make a covenant. When you make an agreement. When you accept a gift, you are bound sometimes by the terms of that gift. So that's why the greatest destroyers of freedom are the givers of gifts, gratuities, and benefits. Because... They can snare you. They can capture you. Uh, the word gin that we saw read there, uh, that also is translated snare. It is a trap to snare you, to gin you, to bind you. And so that's what they're talking about. Say ye not a confederacy, a binding, a binding together, a league, a covenant. It's not a new message. It's the same old message, although the translators, they throw in this word or that word, and they can lead you to think, oh, well, don't listen to conspiracy theories. Well, you have to be careful of conspiracy theories, because some of them are just theories, and they're not very accurate. But many conspiracy theories may be very accurate, because there are conspiracies. There are people plotting and planning, saying themselves, plotted and planned, that was a conspiracy he He used certain words to deceive that's a conspiracy. There are conspiracies so but they're not talking about conspiracies in uh, isaiah eight eleven and twelve They're talking about binding uh, binding together leagues, which is simply covenants, contracts, participation in schemes whereby you become bound or indebted in, in, in a snare of debt, uh, surety for debt. And that's exactly what all nations and how all nations gain their power. Is they seduce you to do things that are contrary to the ways of God. They say, hey, let's all have one purse. Let's covet our neighbor's goods through the agency of government. Let's Let's start a government where the government can take away from the people whatever it wishes and supply us with benefits. And we will vote in the men who give us the most benefits. This is why democracies always lead to socialism, and socialism always leads to communism and despotism. That's what Karl Marx says, and I think he was right. The guy was pretty sharp. He was not following the ways of God, but uh, he was full of resentment and anger and unforgiveness And there was a lot to not forgive, or to forgive, depending on the inclination of your heart. If you have the heart of Christ, there was a lot to forgive. If you have the heart of Satan, there was a lot not to forgive. (laughs) That's your choice, to forgive or not to forgive. That is the question. So... What we see uh, going on back then, when old Marx was coming to these truthful conclusions, was uh, a great many men who were wealthy were abusing their workers that worked for them. They were oppressing them. They were interested in gain and gaining power over others, and and the money that uh, and the power that comes with money. And that is always a temptation. But that is not just a temptation for the rich. It is also a temptation for the poor, who are seeking to take money from the rich, by force, by these bindings, by these confederacies, by these uh, contracts, constitutions, and covenants, and binding the people into a place, into a, a system whereby they can vote in their leaders, because they're often more poor than rich, and more so in this country than there ever was before. Our middle class used to be wealthy beyond uh, almost any king of old. But now all our, of our middle class are heavily into debt, owing hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in debt to a government overspending. And they're responsible for it because they're the beneficiaries of the system that they have created for themselves. One of the things that uh, the individual kept writing is uh, talking about the government as if God placed it there. Well, in a sense, God did place it there, but he placed it there through our choice. So we are the ones who are responsible for that government being there. I mean, God allowed Israel to go into bondage and Israel went into bondage. But they were allowed to go into bondage because they had already turned away from God. The same as when they went into bondage when they called and the voice of the people elected a king in Samuel. They were rejecting God, and so therefore they were going to go under this new government, under Saul, that was contrary to the ways of God, and God even again sent his prophet to warn them you know if you do this, if you elect this king to be your commander in chief, he will make his instruments of war, he will take your sons and make them run before his chariots. He will take your daughters and turn them to his uh work uh make him do what uh, make them do what he wants, they'll wait on him, not upon their own families. He will make them human resources. And of course that's exactly what has taken place. He has made them human resources. So, He also said He would take the first fruits of their labor. He said He would take the best of your fields. All these things have taken place. And it was said that they would take place because they have already rejected me. And that's exactly what they have done. And that's exactly what you have done. You have already rejected God and therefore you end up with a government like that of Egypt, like that of Saul, where he can take your sons and daughters and take your first fruits and t- make his instruments of war. So some people would like you to think that, ah, but you can solve this problem by seizing the vote, getting together and becoming politically active and outvoting those people who are selfish. I can guarantee you that the selfish have always outnumbered the uh, faithful. And that is still the way it is today. And you must uh, be guarded and you must understand that if you enter into a democracy, you will soon be consumed by those who would be doing contrary to Christ. You do not want a democracy, and most of the early Americans who they call forefathers, or the authors in, of the original constitution and government, were not in favor of a democracy. They considered it a bad government, even until the, the beginning of last century. If you were to read the military manual, it would tell you that democracy was not a good government. It was a bad government. Then suddenly, somewhere between the 30s and 40s and 50s, Democracies became good, and uh, everybody should fight for democracy. It just suddenly just switched the definitions just altered, and we go through this in uh, higher Liberty and the covenants of the gods. We show you these quotes and show you the transition of ideas from one to the other. And what's happening is the, the, the sophistry of Satan, the sophistry of the adversary, is trying to get you to think a different way. Because if you think a different way, you will go a different way. And they're trying to get you to go away from the kingdom. How do you go back to the kingdom? That's what we're here to try to talk to you about. Is how to get back to the kingdom. How to go the other way. Because all roads lead to Rome. All roads lead to the kingdom of heaven. Which one do you wish to follow? In Deuteronomy 7.25, we see the graven images... Of their God shall ye burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold on them. Nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein. For it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. In that verse, in Deuteronomy 7.25, we see that they talk about this graven image back in the days of ur when you wrote the laws and uh, and the uh, scripts of uh, the codified laws of uh, hammurabi etc they did it by etching it in clay in essence that's a graven image to write that in clay is just a picture in words of something you may bow down and worship, serve. Remember, it's not just bowing down, it's not just worshiping, it's serving. And of course, they created laws that would require that you serve men who had authority over those laws. Lawmakers. And that Institution was created by writing down the terms of that institution in clay tablets, which were graven images. Sometimes the tablets were made of clay, sometimes they actually etched it on copper plates, but the point is is that they were creating something with their own hands and binding people into a confederacy of authority where some men could exercise authority over other men. They weren't all brothers. They were brothers who were in authority over others. This is contrary to what God has been talking about from the beginning. That's not what Christ says. Christ says you are not to be like the princes of the other nations who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. It is not to be that way with you. So Christ was against that. Go back to Moses and the Tanakh. Uh, they're talking about making no covenants, no agreements, no leagues, no confederacies with them whereby your conscience is bound to obey somebody else. Where you go under an authority of another, as Paul says. I myself will not go under the authority of others. And he avoided that except in a few cases where he did it as a personal sacrifice to protect Christians. That's why he appealed to Rome. While his appeal was before Rome, which he could do as uh, as Romeos, as as a, a person in possession of their rights, what we would call in Latin, sui juris, uh, in the law today sui juris in possession of his rights that's what he was, Romeos he wasn't a Roman citizen he was from Cilicia which was a republic he was Romeos which means whole in possession of his rights and so therefore he could not be tried in the administrative courts that were all pervasive throughout the Roman Empire at that time and many other countries he had to be tried at law And at that point, that pretty much meant appeal to Caesar, because the Caesar was the commander-in-chief and authority over the Senate, and the Senate had become lawmakers instead of just old men, which originally it was, the elders of elders. And they didn't make law, but they helped organize a system. This was 500 years before Christ. Eventually, they moved from a republic to an indirect democracy with a commander-in-chief who could exercise authority and a senate who could make law, all contrary to what they were in the beginning, which is actually how they rose to greatness and prominence. And with this new system, they did not rise anymore. They began to decay and crumble, soon taking all the silver out of the coin and causing runaway inflation, um, corruption, bribes in the government, um, constantly creating foreign wars in order to keep the people off uh, balance and concern more about a faraway enemy than the decadence and depravity in their own society. Uh, huge systems of welfare where large portions of the population could be appeased by free bread giveaways. Uh, All that has gone on before. It's gone on again. And nobody seems to want to learn from history because people are too selfish. Those of you who are not too selfish, those of you who have the character of Christ, the character of God in you, need to awaken and come together. You dried bones must come together and form a body of men, not bound by confederacies, by contracts, by constitutions, but by a common love and a common concession of service, one to each other, through voluntarism. This is the FEMA that will save you, the faith emergency management auxiliary. It is not the one that comes down from Caesar. Caesar. Now, if you wish to go the ways of Caesar, God says you can do that. Uh, he talks about it in, in great detail. Let's go on to some of these other quotes Psalms 124 7. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Moses. Brought the people out of the snare of the fowler. They were bound in Egypt, in the bondage of Jacob. Psalms 141 9. Keep me from the snare which they have laid for me, and the jinns, again, that word means snare, uh, and the jinns of the workers of iniquity. There's always been these workers of iniquity creating these systems to snare you. To turn you into a human resource. To turn you into merchandise. And how do they work? They work by appealing to your covetousness. Proverbs 6, two: Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Peter, hey, does your master pay the tax? Yes, he is snared now. He has agreed to that. It wasn't even a contract, but he did say it. And Jesus held him to it. How much more are we held to the fact that we apply for benefits under conditions? Let's look at the source as, and the solution as well, and okay, when we return. or so. Uh, Some of them are centered back east, but they'll be heard on satellite and iPods and what have you. They've got quite a few listeners. Uh, And the list of them are all on our website. If you go there and and look under media, you'll find uh, links to broadcasts. Uh, Of course, this broadcast is listed as well as uh, other shows that we will be on. Uh, tomorrow the, we're on two shows, um, and I, actually I can't even tell you all the list, uh, but we'll be heard on stations all over the world. So go there and find out where, uh, link into those shows. Uh, some of them are call-in shows, and uh, you can call in and certainly let the uh, radio people know if you like the shows. Uh, we're going to be taking... Things in different directions. They'll be interviewing me, asking questions. They have asked for lists of topics, um, and we're being invited back uh, several times on some of these shows. And so it's going to be interesting. More and more people are joining the Living Network. Uh, we encourage you to do that. Uh, don't just sit on your couch or in your chair. There And listen to the radio. You need to get involved. You need to get involved with others because if you have the character of Christ, you care about others as much as you care about yourself, which means you need to put your faith in action. You need to gather together with other people that can hear these messages and begin to become that body of Christ move from dry bones to living flesh and allow that Holy Spirit to breathe into you. You will be amazed at the amount of power that the Holy Spirit can present and you will need that in the days to come. We have a large window opportunity for earthquakes to occur in the next couple of weeks with the eclipses and uh, uh, shifting of the planets, full moon, all these things cause stresses and there are stresses building up under the planet. But at the same time, there are spiritual realities that are becoming more and more um, influential in our lives. And people will be making that choice, that directional choice of going more towards the kingdom or more away from it. Uh, remember, Christ came to bring a sword. And at the particular time of Christ, there was a huge amount of geological events taking place and astronomical events taking place. Uh, auroras in the sky so bright you could read print in Rome by the light of the aurora. Uh, All those things took place back then. They're all about to take place again as we move into a new time and a new age and a new opportunity to seek that kingdom and the righteousness of God. It will not all be uh, fluff and pillows and clouds and harps, (laughs) but the kingdom of heaven will triumph in the end if you have the courage and the love and the forgiveness to seek that kingdom, which means you have to seek ways in which you can help others. Ask not what your kingdom can do for you, ask what you can do for the kingdom. That means you have to learn to love one another, and that love needs to be a love in action. Psalm sixty-nine, twenty-two: let their table become a snare before them and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Again, these ideas of traps and snares binding you, uh, capturing you, turning you into human resources or merchandise, is something to do with a table from which you eat. Uh, that's Old Testament, sure, but Romans eleven nine and David saith, "Let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto you now, every place you see this word snare in the Old Testament it's not always the same word, uh sometimes it's a word that'll be translated uh in snare, trap, gin, snare, uh numbers of times uh moquish um it it kind of means bait lure snare enticement that's what the idea is considered uh but you also see yakosh uh having the same basic concept of a lure entice snare these different words uh very very different words for the same kind of idea or concept is uh interesting although you know one is more a verb and the other is a noun uh, the reality is is uh, this was very much in the minds of those who read the Tanakh and the Old Testament is that you could be snared that you could be trapped that you could be uh, bound up uh, taken away as a servant as a slave in the bondage of, of Nimrod or the bondage of Egypt and you had to be guarded against that and how was this done while well, they laid these snares and And the prayers of David were to protect us from these. In Proverbs 12.13, the wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. That's exactly what you need to realize, is that if you want to be saved from this snare, this binding, these... uh, these traps where you become a human resource for other men who make laws contrary to the ways of God, the answer and solution is not seizing the boat. I know people want to cling to that. Uh, You can certainly go do that. You're free to do that. I'm just speaking to you. I'm not going to twist your arm. I'm not going to bully you. I'm not going to make you do this. But I want you to be aware of the fact that you will be outnumbered by the wicked and a boat will never save you. Uh, Never. Uh, This is what they're talking about. Uh, Shall come out of trouble if you are the just. And that's why Christ, of course, is saying seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His his justice. Uh, Tend to the weightier matters of law, justice, mercy, and faith. In order to do that, you need to congregate together. You need to help one another. I had a call from Northern Oregon. Someone's having all kinds of trouble, but they won't get together. Uh, I mean, the one who calls wants to get together, but nobody else wants to get together. They just want their problems to go away. And I've seen this time and time again. Those of you who are willing to come together, to turn around and come together in the character of Christ, tending to those weightier matters, need to do so. You need to form congregations of record and you need to make yourself known to other congregations of record and become that kingdom of God that is seeking the righteousness of God. We're not starting a new church, we're conforming to what Christ said. And you either do that or don't. Now, it's amazing the number of people that get angry at you when you talk about these things. Uh, but the fact is the anger's in them already. If you speak the truth, you will see the anger come out of people. And, and they'll try to convince you to go another way, or they'll, uh, they'll defame you, they'll say lies about you, they'll be false accusers. You, you expect that. That's okay. Cause you're not doing this for you, you're doing this for Christ. And if you're doing this for Christ, you're taking in consideration the needs of other people, the true needs of other people, not the, weakening kind of uh, welfare that is offered by the world, but the strengthening kind of welfare that says you must be responsible. You must do your share and I will do my share and together we'll row and we'll make it through these rapids. I used to run rapids in a canoe and usually we only had two people. We've we've done it with four. Uh, And the fact is everybody's got to do their share of paddling. If somebody stops doing their share, suddenly you're going in a circle and you're headed for the rocks. So you have to work together as a team. And that's very important. In our living network, we have contact ministers. And we should have twice as many, three times as many, four times as many. But the harvest is great. and The workers are few. Now, it's not that much work, but you have to volunteer and help. And one of the key elements of a contact minister is that he is a contact point. Not only for the local people that he's helping stay in contact with the rest of the network, but with the rest of the network you must try to be in contact with. Get to know them, they get to know you, they develop trust, they meet, they talk, they share, they help one another, they participate. And that's, that's essential in the kingdom. And if that's not what you want to do, then you really don't want to be in the kingdom. And you will be snared. Uh, Proverbs thirteen fourteen. The law of the wise is a fountain of life. To depart from the snares of death. That's right. If you this, that's what the devil wants. He wants you dead. He wants dominion over this place. He doesn't want you around at all. He wants you to be subject to him, and he have dominion. He's been cast out, too. He wasn't. We're not the only ones cast out. Of course, we're not really cast out as much as we are fled. From God. Because we would not admit our error. Humility is essential. Forgiveness is essential. These are essential characteristics. Christ didn't just mention them because they're good kind of bylaws or something. It's essential. It's part of the nature of Christ. You cannot approach Christ unless you put on His nature. And, of course, you don't put it on. He puts it on you. But you have to be willing To have it in you. If you you don't want to forgive, Christ cannot live in you. If you don't want to be patient, Christ cannot live in you. If you don't want to be tolerant, Christ cannot live in you. And If Christ cannot live in you, you cannot get near Christ. If you cannot get near Christ, you cannot get near the Father. If you can't get near the Father, then you will be lost in the wilderness. And no amount of paperwork or uh, proselytizing or whatever will save you. You need to return to the ways of Christ. You need to repent. You need to turn around in your heart, in your mind. In Isaiah forty two twenty two we see, "...but this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses, and they are for a prey, and none delivereth for a spoil, and none saith, Restore, which is basically repent or return, who among you will give ear to this." who will hearken and hear for the time to come who gave jacob for a spoil and israel for a uh, to the robbers now the word robbers there's an interesting word bazaz uh it actually means spoil prey spoiled rob take take away caught and that's exactly what has happened people have been caught up they've been Taken away, they have been snared. Their minds first, their hearts, and now their the flesh themselves. Like Jacob, the the sons of uh, Jacob, they threw their own brother into slavery, and by that act, their own bondage was set forth in motion to happen. The bondage you see them in in Egypt is simply a byproduct of the bondage of sin when they were jealous of their brothers and envious of their brothers. Unforgiving of their brothers. Joseph was free even as a slave because he forgave his brothers. He may not have done it right away, but eventually he did, evidently. And that is what you must do. You must constantly be forgiving. Some of you will step on each other's toes every time you turn around. Every time they open their mouth, they will insult somebody and they don't even know they're doing it. But that's wonderful, because it gives you an opportunity to forgive. And the more you forgive, the closer they will come to seeing that and give it up. Or they'll go away, <laughs> one or the other. Because they, they, they if, if Christ is in you, the enemies of Christ cannot come near you. You see how the power is, is always at your disposal if you will simply submit to the source of the power which is the tree of life, which is Christ, which is the Father. When he is walking with you, you are safe. But if you're going to hide from him in his ways, you are condemned. By your own actions, you are turned over to robbers. Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his law. Thou shalt not covet. There's a law. Therefore he hath poured upon him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle, and it hath set him on fire round about. Yet he knew not, and it burned him. Yet he laid it not to heart. You need to lay this to heart that the keys to the kingdom is forgiveness. It is service, one to each other. If you want God to serve you, you need to serve others because that shows that the character of Christ is in you and Christ can enter into you. The more you do for others, the more God can do for you. The more He can work through you. But you have to do it for real. It's not a trade deal. It's not like, if I do this, Lord, then you have to do this. You know, He's not going to owe it to you. But He cannot live in you unless you have that idea of service. And that's the thing about a network. It's not about electing a few leaders to go out and do all the work for you while you sit there and watch TV. You must participate. You must reach out to find others, to know others, share with others, make some phone calls, drive and meet each other. Try to figure out how we can get more people into the network of those seeking the kingdom. How we can get the message out to more and more people on more and more radio stations. A handful of men put together all these stations that we're going to be on. Not even really a handful. But there are a handful of men working. Why isn't there two handfuls? Ten handfuls? Why isn't all your hands raised to the work of the Lord? Proverbs one ten. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not if they say come with us. Let us lay and wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. Well, that sounds like well, we never would do that. Well, you have done that. Social security is a one per system. Socialism is a one-purse system. I mean, whose purse buys your child's education at public school? Everybody's taxed equally. That's because everybody is one purse. And you hope to gain. You know, pay, uh, if you have more than two or three kids, chances are somebody else is paying for their education, not you through your taxes. I had six kids. But nobody paid for my child's education because they were all home-taught. I could have made a lot of money. That would be over $36,000 a year. (laughs) But uh, I would have lost my children. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our house with spoils. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them refrain thy foot from their path. Don't go socialism. It leads to communism, despotism. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Whose blood? Your blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately for their own lives so are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. That is what you do. You want to take away from your neighbors so that you will have free education for your kids, free health care for yourself. This is a way to destruction because it is your blood that will be taken. Because there are more selfish people out there than there are Loving, giving Christians. True Christians. Not what's often posing as Christians. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief places of concourse, in the opening of the gates in the city. She uttereth her words. How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. And the fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof before I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. Reaching out his hand to you, do you reach out your hand to your neighbor? on the living network we're trying to always encourage the people who join to reach out and share who they are with others and they and there are some that do and they say oh i'm so and so i'm in this area i'm i'm uh, you know i do this i have a wife and two kids or whatever and nobody responds nobody says hey well i'm over here no i'm over here well, i shouldn't say nobody but very few cuz everybody sits back and they're waiting for somebody else to build it and then they just step in It's not going to work that way. Only the people building the ark got in the ark. The people who would not build the ark did not get into the ark. Only the people who followed Moses across the desert followed Moses to the promised land. And those who stopped following along the way didn't make it. You need to reach out. You need to be a part. You need to touch one another's lives if you want God to touch yours. That's raising your hands to the Lord. Is raising your hands to help others. If you love me, feed my sheep. Well, that means you folks. Support your local ministries. Support this ministry if you want. That's up to you. It's between you and God. We're going to continue to preach the kingdom. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have sat at not all counsel and would none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. We don't want to preach evil. We don't want to preach fear. Yeah, bad things are going to happen. But why aren't good things happening in your life now? Why aren't you coming together more with others in love and patience? Why aren't you forming congregations that actually make a difference in the lives of the people that congregate together? Not like the false Christianity that every time something bad happens to you, they give you the telephone number of another government agency. And say, "Here, go to the men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. Go to the men who take away from your neighbor, so that you may have gain. Go to the men who are contrary to the ways of Christ. But don't forget to tithe to me on Sunday. We're going to have a big sing fest. You can come and tithe to me on Sunday because we're going to entertain you. You know, isn't that what Gypsy Rose Lee used to say? For you, older people might know who Gypsy Rose Lee is. She's a famous stripper. Um, she was on TV. I never saw her strip or anything. But, but uh that was her line. was let me entertain you. And that's what the churches are doing these the, today, they're entertaining you. They're tickling your ears. We were warned. Didn't anybody pay attention to the warnings? We need to turn around and start seeking the true church. We need to start repenting. We need to start becoming a part of the ways of God Ecclesiastic 9.12 for man also knoweth not his time as the fishes that are taken in an evil net and as the birds that are caught in the snare so are the sons of men snared in evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them Let's become fishers of men. Let's seek the kingdom and His righteousness. Let's gather together in congregations of faith, hope, and charity. Until we meet again, may God bless. And may peace be upon your house. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church.